At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Adam Shine Podcast. Ah, yes, episode 72 of the Adam Shine Podcast. And we have an unbelievable guest this week. The legendary, the comedian, Frank Caliendo, is going to be the featured guest on the Adam Shine Podcast. I love Frank Caliendo. Going back to his John Madden impressions, President Bush. So we will get into his career. My favorite Frank Caliendo impressions. Well, here is Bruce Arians, his Adam Schefter, his Ron Jaworski, his Tony Romo. Oh, I am obsessed with Frank Caliendo. Phenomenal guy, great friend of the show, Frank Caliendo, the hilarious comedian, the featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. And let the record show that our senior executive producer, the great Bob Stew, booked Frank Caliendo before the Raiders won on Monday Night Football because it is an awesome coincidence. His video that Frank put out, and he's a must-follow on Twitter, with John Gruden saying, we won that game twice, it should count as two wins, and his Gruden impression is amazing. I mean, it's it's awesome that that coincidence is here, that we have Caliendo after that Raiders victory. And how about that? We have Caliendo to do his Gruden impression, and we have Caliendo doing Gruden the week after we had Derek Carr. And we told you last week we had Derek Carr on the Adam Shine podcast that Derek Carr is great, and we talked to him about his quarterback ranking. He's a great quarterback in that 8 through 15 range. He's an upper echelon, top half of the league quarterback. He's the king of the fourth quarter comeback, and if you have any kind of defense around him, Raiders are going to win games. And Derek Carr will get his due. And how about that? They're down by 14 points against Baltimore, and they win. That's significant. Why? The Baltimore Ravens had won 98 straight games up 14 points. Think about that in the regular season. What a wild, amazing statistic. And shows you the greatness of Carr, who rallied the team in the fourth quarter to 17 fourth quarter points tied the game three times, that drive at the end of regulation almost gets lost in the insanity with overtime, just sensational. And how about Carr? He throws what everyone thinks is that game-winning touchdown pass to Edwards, and it was rightly ruled down at the one. Then he gets stopped on the sack, and then you see on third down, you know, after the false start from from Leatherwood, the offensive lineman, you know, he throws the ball right into the hands of Willie Sneed. I mean, where else do you hit him 
popped in the air for an interception, and you think the game's over. And it's going to be poor Raiders, only the Raiders, poor Derek Carr. And then Carl Nassib, my guy Carl Nassib, makes an unbelievable play, forces a Lamar Jackson fumble. What a concept. Carr got a little hump from his defense. What did he say last week on the podcast? That he wanted some some ripe bananas, yellow bananas, no more green bananas. And the veterans all came to play. And, of course, it's the Raiders. Nothing could be easy. Some more can't-make-it-up moments. Gruden sends the field goal unit on on second down, and they couldn't find the damn kicker. So they had to take <laughs> the delay game penalty. Then they decide to put the offense back on the field. Carr hits Zay Jones, and the rest is history. Derek Carr, great quarterback. I was so happy for him. Now it's going to be a big challenge taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in week number two. But listen, don't be surprised when the Raiders keep that one close, cover the five-and-a-half-point spread, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Raiders beat the Pittsburgh Steelers outright because Derek Carr for 2021 is a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. And look, I don't want anyone to take anything away from that comment and make it sound like I'm not giving respect to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, I, I'm always asked, who do you root for? Answer, I root for me. I love me. I root for me. I root for the podcast. I root for the radio show. I root for the TV show. Whatever benefits me, that's what I root for at the end of the day. With that as a backdrop, the result in the Steelers-Bills game made me sick. Oh, I was... I was nauseous. Loved the Bills. Still do. They're going to win the Super Bowl. It's one week. Don't overreact. But that was an absolute killer. Up 10 nothing. Gave up that touchdown on special teams. On the punt, that can't happen. Josh Allen did not play well. Offensive line just got destroyed by Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and that Pittsburgh defense. I thought Sean McDermott, who I love, you know, he was a little arrogant and ignorant on those fourth downs. Way too aggressive. Hated the play calls from Brian Dayball. Bills are going to be fine, though. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They'll beat Miami this week. So everyone needs to chill on the Buffalo Bills and chill on the Green Bay Packers. And look, I was surprised. I was obviously stunned, but listen. We had Aaron Rodgers on the radio show before the season started. Aaron Rodgers was not distracted in the offseason. You heard what he said. He was getting ready to play football. I mean, he considered not showing up. He thought about what life would be like not in Green Bay. But there was no one in August who was saying that it was a result. So save those lazy hot takes that this was a result of of Aaron Rodgers being more into jeopardy than Matt LaFleur's playbook. I mean, that... That has been driving me bonkers all all week long listening to that garbage and nonsense. Credit the Saints. We told you New Orleans was going to be better with Jameis Winston than the 2020 version of Drew Brees. Said Jameis Winston was going to be an MVP candidate. Sean Payne's a Hall of Famer. Saints are tough. We had Mickey Loomis on the podcast, the outstanding general manager for the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, it's one game. And, And Aaron's right. And don't misinterpret. Packers were dreadful. I was stunned by how terrible they were. I mean, never in a million years did I see this happening. They get the gift of the schedule gods with the rebuilding since 1957 Detroit Lions coming up in week number two. So instead of winning 13 games, Packers are going to win 12. As legendary former Syracuse basketball player Derek Coleman once said, 
Whoopty damn do. Frank Caliendo is the featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. You'll hear the hilarious interview next. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. The featured guest this week on the Adam Shine podcast, the very funny, the absolutely hilarious, the witty, my guy, the great Frank Caliendo. Frank, how are you? Uh, accepting of all those accolades. Everything you just said, I will take uh, and enjoy. And uh, I, in my own mind, I'll have disbelief, but I'll, I'll take it and pretend like it. You know, the last time I talked to you was probably... We talked at the Super Bowl, right? Yes. Um, 25 years ago, maybe now it was. Uh, By the way, that was the Miami Super Bowl, the last big event before COVID. Doesn't that feel like a yeah. lifetime ago? Uh, I almost went Gruden on there. It felt like two lifetimes ago, like two wins the other night, man. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it felt, it felt like a lot because I remember talking to you. Like, you're like, if you're ever in New York, come on over, we'll do that. And I'm like, you know, there's probably going to be uh, some sort of uh, pandemic. And you're like, what are you talking about, soothsayer? And I'm like, I just know, I didn't know. Um, you but, did uh, call you it being fair. You were ahead of it, Frank. You said, <laughs> I'm ahead, telling you, a big pandemic coming up. Why am I laughing about this? Because uh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That's great. Now I'm just trying not to get my, uh, uh, my, my head is so big that sometimes these uh, literally and figuratively, sometimes these uh, AirPods don't fit in there properly. And I uh, end up looking like an idiot with them shooting out sideways, like an alien or something like that. Well, you know, it's, you know, uh, 2021, everyone looks like an alien with what they're doing now on these, (laughs) these interviews and the podcasts and the zoom and the work from home. I'm curious, Frank, before we get into these impressions, which I'm kind of obsessed with, 
How did you break into stand-up comedy? Well, I went to school for broadcast journalism. I went to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and I, I, I grew up playing sports. My dad was a minor league baseball player, and we played AAU baseball. We actually won the 1988 national championship. Wow. Every, every time I every time I talk national championship, I start going crude. Uh, we, we won the 1988 national championship. We were the Wisconsin All-Stars. The Wisconsin Dukes won the – we were 14 and under. The Wisconsin Dukes won the 18 and under – and on that 18 and under championship, Craig Council. Um, wow. And uh, he went on to win some lesser championships uh, <laughs> and have, have and be instrumental in those, uh, you know, little deals called the World Series. But uh, my brother used to throw batting practice to Craig Council. And so, you know, all the time. And Council had like this, you know, the crazy batting stance and stuff like that, um, all stretched out and everything. But Everybody would tell him this guy, he works so hard. He's never going to get anywhere. And he was one of those guys that had, you know, he had the tools, but the low end level of the tools for a major league baseball player. Sure. Right. So he was a, he was great as he was coming up, but people are like, he's not fast enough. He doesn't have a good enough arm. He's not strong enough, whatever. And he's the, the proof that hard work pays off. So anyways, so I, um, <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. Laziness uh, pays no <laughs> dividends. I, uh, so I went to school for broadcast journalism at University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, graduated. It was like, well, I don't want to go to Eau Claire and work as a, um, you know, uh, a, a correspondent or something like that, work in a small news crew, small newsroom. I was like, I like being interviewed and being an idiot more than uh, being the interviewer. And I would watch, you know, Robin Williams, old school Jonathan Winters, Jim Carrey, all those people uh, on like the Tonight Show. Uh, you know, Carson would have something, uh, next up, Jim Carrey, hey there, fella, and they, you're acting like an idiot, or Robin Williams just dancing all over the place, and here we go, so I love that kind of stuff, and I was like, oh, that's, that's, what I, that's part of my problem, is that's all I ever really wanted to be, was a talk show guest, and I attained <laughs> that pretty early, um, and plateaued from there, and like, stopped kind of trying, um, so I, I went, and I looked at, you know, I looked at some of the stuff, I've never had like a great memory for stats. I used to look at uh, USA Today used to have that bo the box score, not the box scores, but the the seasonal or you know up to date on the season. Uh, Andres Galarraga was always leading the league in a batting average. Oh yeah. Uh, I looked that little corner in USA Today and at lunch in high school. I'd just be looking at that, and that's all I really cared about. I love the stats, but I could never remember anything. So I was like, sports probably isn't the right thing for me because when you when you're really good, most of the time, you're pretty much an encyclopedia. You can just recall um, not just numbers, but when things happen, dates, and uh, everything's a hodgepodge, a, a huge mess in my head. So when you see me just going from voice to voice or grooving around, that's just how my brain actually works. And it's, it's, it's part of the success, but it's also part of the problem. So uh, I started, I, I, when I graduated from college, I was like, oh, I don't want to work for real. I don't want to do this. So I started going up. I went to a comedy sports class and they're like, you should try stand up. I'm like, does that mean I'm not good at improv? They're like, no, we just, we just think you could use these impressions better in stand up. So I started doing that. I got on stage. People wanted to meet, I wanted to hire me right away. They brought me in and um, I just started working. I got on the college circuit, was, you know, up for entertainer of the year and comedian wow. of the year in college, never won it. But uh, was up for that kind of stuff. And, uh, I, you know, I, the big thing was 
because I was doing these sports impressions, which I think a lot of people did in local radio, uh, that I, I was just doing it nationally on a stand-up stage, and it, it built a lot more, you know, because people hadn't seen that with Madden explaining things. It was the John Madden thing explaining everyday stuff with analysts are easy to do impressions of because anybody who's an analyst in sports, what do they do? They describe the action that's going on. So uh, not, not so much describe the action, but they give the filler, right? The color commentary. So that's what, you know, if I'm, if it was Madden or whatever, or the old school Madden stuff be like, you know, you, you, you take a, a, a book over here and you put it on the shelf right there and then boom, I mean, you're working in a library. <laughs> so that, that stuff all, you know, made sense. And to me, and it worked and I could just, if there's a formula, Charles Barkley saying, oh, that's just ridiculous. That's terrible. Tar that's really, really bad what they do. Everything just, he didn't like anything he was watching, which wasn't 100% true. But it was, you know, enough that people were like, gosh, he's right. They, they, he doesn't like anything. Or Madden's always explaining everything that doesn't need to be explained. So you just take that stuff and create a reality with them and go. And like I said, the sports niche, 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 it was just something nobody else was really doing at the time. It was good and bad because it pigeonholed me into this sports. People think I'm a sports comedian. I'm like, listen, I, I, I do a bunch of sports impressions, but that's not really what my act even is. But people start to see you in that way. And then. It's funny because just lately, I mean, I've taken a step back from the sports stuff quite a bit. And then, uh, you know, last year I started doing a little bit more on the Internet and, and messing around with Madden and Summerall doing the voiceovers. Because if I do Madden Summerall on TV, you know, on screen, people like old, terrible, old, been done. Yeah, by me. I mean, what do you? It's I, your it, act. It's 40, yeah, it's 40 years old. OK, but if I do it uh, as a voiceover. People are like, oh, the way he is tying nostalgia to current events and the usage of the internet is unbelievable. So I'm like, all right, this, uh, at least I don't have to deal with everybody saying this sucks, you know? So, uh, because even Matt Summerall, you know, it is old to me, but it's funny to watch them talk about current everyday stuff, uh, you know, and listen to them do that, those kinds of voiceovers, especially because I do it almost the video game style like Madden, Madden 98 style. Like, hey, that guy looks like he got hit by a freight train. You know, <laughs> those types of sayings from the old stuff. And, uh, you know, somewhere all, who was I texting the other day that uh, I was uh, uh, somebody play by play. Um, maybe, uh, you know, I, I can't remember who it is, but they would never. Oh, uh, it, uh, it's... Um, uh, great this is this is where you learn that this Caliendo's is the famous great. frank caliendo recall you were telling us about. yeah pretty good yeah. At, pretty good at doing voices but really bad at remembering their <laughs> names uh he works with uh, i can't believe i can't think of it. dave pash dave pash love dave pash uh, that's my guy I, I was yeah i was texting with pash i'm like no way anybody would be allowed to do play-by-play -play like Summerall anymore just little phrases he's down at the 40 you know, he used to intro a, a, the first call of any big Cowboy game, and I can't do the impression. It was, this is Emmett Smith. That was his call. <laughs> the, and, it was, and it was majestic, right? I mean, it was, it was Pat Summerall. <laughs> this and the way is Emmett Smith. This is Emmett Smith. Yeah, he, could, he would push through. It's like he was speaking completely from his chest. It never went through his throat, but it went, immediately went from chest to mouth. And he would just do that. He's down. 
good play. You know, it's like <laughs> just phrases. Great play. What do you think, John? You know, I think that I, I'm going to talk in circles for a couple of seconds. It's back to you. Great call, John. All right. Back to pass. Touchdown. I mean, it's just, that's all, that's all it was. It's unbelievable. And there's no way because in TV, an executive would never allow you to have that much downtime uh, in a play call anymore. When I think of your impressions, and you obviously have some great ones now, I still think of Madden. And, you know, there's a period of time, and I'm at year 17 at SiriusXM. I did a show every week with John Madden. And whenever John and and it was taped for the first seven years of it, then we did it live. And whenever John and I would always BS, I had a great relationship with John. I love John. We we had a we were very close. I love him, and he was just a blast to work with. But whenever we would talk off air, I would only hear you. Like whenever I would <laughs> talk to John, I'm like, "This is Frank Caliendo." Did you ever hear from John on on the impression that you did from him? Oh yeah, he didn't. He hated me forever. He didn't like me at all. Executives would tell you, you know, like David Hill at Fox Sports, you know, he doesn't like you. I'm like, <laughs> like, uh, I, yeah, but he's never met me. That's part of the thing is once you meet somebody, you see where it's coming from. So I finally met him. I even talked about this in my act. I met him at the at the cow at the um, in Dallas at the Four Seasons Hotel at, at the Super Bowl, uh, Steelers and uh, Packers. And uh, he was in the lobby. Jimmy Johnson was standing next to him. And I'm like, Jimmy, can you believe I'm this close to John Mazik? What? You met him yet? He taps mad on the show. He's like, what is Jimmy? Oh, and the look on his face is like when Shaggy and Scooby see the bad guy popping in the barrel. Now, he was talking to his grandkids. So I didn't want to bother him the whole time. But then I ended up talking to him and he got it. He's like, oh, you know, he's like, you know, you could just see him going. I, and then he's asking, hey, is Frank around? Anybody seen Frank? You know, so later it's that. And I'm getting, I, you know, I went up to him and I'm like, hey, can my father-in-law get pictures with you and my family? You know, this is kind of a cool thing. Um, and he, you know, he would always say that he, he would never tell anybody he didn't like me, but I knew that he didn't. But again, it was more about how he hadn't met me. And when you meet a person, you, you can kind of get the essence of, are, is this person a jerk? Are they doing this out right, of right. spite? Or I always try to find something I like about the person. I love the jovial, uh, the jovialness, the, how jovial John Madden was and how fun and how much he enjoyed. And Romo's the same way. Romo's watching it. Oh, Jim, look what's going on here. It's incredible. <laughs> you can feel the smile, right? You get it. Oh, yes. man, I got a, oh, I've got a pair of Skechers in my mouth right now, but I can smile right around them. This is so amazing. So when they have that kind of uh, love for the game and feel and love for calling the game, uh, it's. I think it's the thing that Joe Buck gets, that people don't get about Joe Buck. Joe Buck is super dry and he's incredibly funny. You don't see the side of Joe Buck and I don't do a good Joe Buck. I've tried it before. And he's like, he's, he's always like, that's too announcery, Frank. That's it. I'm like, well, you get a little <laughs> announcery when you're, uh, when you're announcing, but it, he's so funny and people have no idea how biting and funny he is. Cause he has to, that's his job. His job at Fox has always been, kind of you know be the straight play-by-play guy and Aikman is you know he's Aikman's not jovial Aikman's more almost feels like royalty feels like a prince about to be king great way to phrase it yeah yeah he's got that you know and there's different there's people who go for the Madden kind of thing which is the what everybody has wanted to be since John Madden 
probably the closest Gruden, but a different, you know, very different, like gruff and tough, man. It's just kind of, you know, it had a point of view. It was, I'm going to run you over. Was, I'm going to talk around you for a little bit. So, uh, and, and now, and I think Romo's got that. I think Romo's got this good, but that's what everybody, Schlereth is doing a really good job. Mark's a good friend of mine, but he, he's not trying to be John Madden, but he's being Mark Schlereth. And Schlereth likes to, you know, get in there and talk about goofy things and uh, also be the soap opera star for a few episodes, you know? So it's, he, it's when you can find that. Matt Millen was kind of trying to be that kind of guy, yeah. um, which might've been him, but when you're that close to John Madden and timing, it's tough to be some because everybody's going to go, he's kind of Matt. Remember Jerry Glanville? Hey, man, oh, man, yeah. Jerry, like people are going, what's he even saying? I have no idea <laughs> what he's talking about. I got to lift him paper down for Elvis. That's all I heard. He could be, they might as well have been the parents and Charlie Brown with a higher pitch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, you know, uh, but the analysts are, are the people, uh, to get back on the original point, I think, is the analysts are people who are talking about stuff and it's, they're fun and they're, uh, they're interesting because they can break things down and it makes sense. If you are doing comedy and you just say what you're doing, a lot of times it just comes off as, well, that's on the nose. But if it's an announcer who's known for talking about things and explaining things and they're explaining things that don't really need to be explained, that, that becomes interesting. And it's like, you know, you have to forget when you do a broadcast, you know, this type of stuff, but I don't know how much the audience knows. Um, but you have to forget the last game you did because you have right. to assume it's a totally different audience. Absolutely. And you're going to have to say a lot of the same things because you have to assume people don't know you said stuff last week, unless it was such a big event that everybody knows about it. But that's, that's few and far in between nowadays. Without question. And your Madden's my all time favorite. And, and John's a great chop buster. So I'm great. To, I'm happy that you guys. <laughs> I, John is the biggest chop buster I, I've ever met, ever worked with. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard, I, I'd heard stories like he just pointed to that guy. You know, hey, that guy's not going to be working here next week. You know, just messing <laughs> with people. Great. And they, they'd be like, is, am, I, is, am I really not? And like, don't worry. He's just messing with you. You know, he's just. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's one of those guys and he can be like, you think of him with that, that stuff, but he can say things subtly and underneath his breath that you great know, sense like, of humor. Holy cow. Oh yeah. yeah. He's, he's fantastic. And your Madden's my all time favorite Frank Caliendo impression, but Gruden's close. Where, where, when did you discover even... the Gruden and how did you, I want to see some Gruden, not only with the voice, but the face. I mean, you've got Just the whole thing me. down. I was working on somebody else at the time. I don't even remember who I was working on, but this started to happen. It was, I, I, it was actually, I can tell you when it, the incarnation really started to happen. Um, I was, I was at Mike and Mike, believe it or not. And you know how I used to be on that, you know, all the time. People all thought I was time, like yeah. part of Mike and Mike. They thought I was on the show. I'm like, not on the show. Um, at least I never got paid for it. I, I <laughs> But I remember um, uh, Mike, uh, and again, I'm bad with names, uh, which is so bad. But uh, one of the producers, we were just talking about, I was working on a different impression. And we started just talking about, he's like, how about Gruden? And we just, we just both kind of started nodding like this, man, like talking. I was like, and I started to get it. I started, it's just started to evolve. Because when I, when I, especially when I went from Fox 
I got fired at Fox basically. Like every two years I would get a new contract. And then I said, hey, do you guys want me to come back? And they're like, we're not sure. And that's why I knew it was like, because I, I, every two years I was like, I'm going to quit. I'm done. What um, happened at Fox? I, I never, like, what, what was the deal there? I never understood that. You were such a, well, a fabric I mean, of that show. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a thing where it was a lot of the same stuff over and over. They didn't like to try new things. And it was tough because when you would try something, they'd be like, eh, it was okay. And then be like, do Andy Rooney again. I'm like, he died four months ago. We can't do, we're going to do Andy Rooney in heaven. We got to, I mean, I remember doing some new ones. Like I was going to Jake. I mean, I actually work out on my way to work out. That's how strong I am. Clay Matthews is actually in my pocket right now, working on his hip flushes. I mean, that's just wrong. Um, we actually found a way to shrink him down. We found a way to shrink him down. And we put him in my pocket. Because usually I'm the small guy. I'm just, a lot of people are like, hey, you're, you're small? I'm two times the size of Bob Costas. I can actually bench Bob Costas. I can bench <laughs> Bob Costas. That's can a bench, great glazer, Frank. I, I can bench. You know, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. You guys don't understand. You, got, you understand how hard I work? You understand how hard I work? I'm working. I'm actually, I'm actually doing seven jobs right now. I've actually split myself into four different people. I'm like the infinity stuff. You can put me in a gauntlet. You can have a giant dwarf put me in a build a gauntlet for me. Put me inside of it, and I, I would crush Thor. Thor. Thor's not a chance against me. Thor, Thor. A lot of people think that because he's a guardian, he's got powers. Not nothing. I, you know, Loki. He tried to trick me once. Loki tried to trick me with misinformation. I said, Loki, there's no way you're ever gonna pull this off. He got Shefter. He got Shefter. He couldn't get me. He couldn't get me. Um. So. I would do try and do some different things, and they're like, nah, nah, nah. And I knew I could just feel like they were just bored with me. And a guy I'm still friends with, Bill Richards, uh, who's the the main producer over there. He took over for Scott Ackerson. Um, he, you know, I actually did something for the Fox seminar just recently, and I, I've always told him, I go, hey, I would never, I would never want to do that full time again. But if there was something that came up, I would go back and do something for fun. And I think people would get some people would get a kick out of it. And he's like, yeah, for, <laughs> I did Bill Richards approach too. He's like, yeah, you know, if something ever shows up, we can do that. So, um, so then when I went over to ESPN, they're like, can you do any impressions of people from ESPN? I was like. I don't know. I don't, you know, I guess I, I could, I could try and work at it. And I started watching more people at ESPN and realizing, gosh, this is just like the Simpsons. That's what this is, is it's its own world. And, you know, that's when it came up with the Adam Schefter, according to my sources at this particular, and Schefter who will retweet things. And, but he, oh, it's funny when you hear an impression of yourself, you hear the things that are wrong and it's hard to do his voice without saying an S S it sounds like an S yeah. So yes. It, he he hears the sh, he hears the sh, and I'm like, it's because that's how I have to form my mouth to say things. So he hears the s, and he's like, I just don't hear it. It's getting better. Berman was like, that eh, you know, I I I uh, you know, I say what you will, <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, everybody does it, me, and none of none of the people who do it work here anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I started working on those. Lou Holtz was there. Lou Holtz was there. You know, that's, that's the way you're there. You got it. Lou Holtz, who people are like, hey, you're making fun of him. I'm like, no, 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 no. Lou Holtz has actually said, only in America can a guy who sounds like me become a motivational speaker. You know, he, he says that stuff himself. So you can't be that. My favorite ESPN else. one when you were there, you got to give me a little Ron Jaworski. There was nothing. <laughs> I was obsessed with the million hours of film, my eyes are, you know, the shooting okay, blood, so, wait, Jaws. That, that, that was one that came about. Um, I didn't really even have it. And we were shooting the 30 for 30, which became huge because it was the 30 for 30 Richard Sherman. Because 
the Super Bowl was boring. Denver just crushed them, right? right it was just right. it was it was just a boring Super Bowl. Um, but uh, it, it it took off it, it took off so huge, um, and I was I didn't have really what I wanted for Jaws. And then I heard him, and he actually came from it was in the, no politics or anything here either side, whatever. But it was talking about Colin Kaepernick. Yep. And he's yep. like, I truly believe he's the greatest quarterback of all time, or could be, could be. I think it was could be. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's just him. He talks in these, you know, superlatives and everything is the greatest and the best. And Jaws, amazing film study guy, like huge on that. But that's just who he is. He's a salesman when he gets on there. And then I, 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 uh, um, there were certain words that hit when I was when I was doing it, uh, and I was like Richard Stern. I true, truly believe, and I hit the believe. And I'm like, this is it. They're like I'm in the middle of it, and I'm going truly believe. Um, and there were there was a couple other words. I'm not even sure what it was at this point, but I kept going. Oh, that's it. And then we, I kept doing it over and over. And then we're like, oh yeah, this is it. That we've got that that one's going in. And it it ended up being a especially for people who are inside sports that that was big. I'd already done the Kuiper talking a tremendous situation doing the NFL draft and it had Todd McShay. Todd actually did the sketch with us. Uh, I'm actually still doing the Kuiper cadence. Like it, that was that was one that was fun because in that draft where I did Kuiper the first time, they did not um, they didn't say that they were going to a sketch. They just played it as though. Um, uh, you know, it was a part of the thing. And if you were listening, you could tell that I wasn't him, but it was actually McShay and um, uh, Robert Flores was hosting it and, uh, you know, doing the, the thing. And I start talking about real situations. And I start talking about a cup of coffee if they're off the air, talking about a hot cup of coffee, be careful not to spit it in your lap, a spill it in your lap, you're going to have trouble. So, um, it just started going viral on, you know, Twitter. I remember I was landing on a plane and I'd never seen my Twitter feed blow up like that. Everybody was just tweeting about what had happened. And it was just that, you know, I'd done this sketch, but nobody said what was coming and people were kind of confused. And it ended up being a better thing than saying, hey, here's a comedy thing, let's go. And they played it like 10 times that weekend. Kuiper called me afterward. People thought Kuiper was ticked. They thought he was mad. He's like, right, right. The entire Kuiper family talking about this right now. Incredible job. You doing my voice, doing the cadence. Hey, you ever been to, ever been to Las Vegas, Frank? I'm going out to Las Vegas. You didn't see any shows there. Ever see Blue Man Group? Tremendous situation. Great human beings. High risk, low reward. They play the drums. Got the ductwork spinning around. Make the noise. Got the toilet paper at the end. Of the strobe lights it changes everything. Strobe lights make you feel like you're uh, uh, maybe on a different planet or a 1940 cinema at the end of the day uh, you'd be you gotta go to strobe light you'd be hard pressed they'll be otherwise so he loved that and you know everybody you know was pretty pretty on board with all that stuff and it, it actually was it was a huge thing they were doing like segments about that sketch uh, i remember getting call from um I got calls from like the higher ups, the highest people up at ESPN, like, thank you. They must've been making so much money on the internet with I'm revenue. Sure. Cause, cause they weren't pushing people to YouTube. They were pushing them to the, to the website. And uh, when, when, before it aired, Seth Markman, the boss over there Love at the Seth. studio shows, um, great dude, great guy, the tuna weasel. Um, he, he texts me, he goes, what is this? I, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, 
I can't believe this. He goes, this is the greatest thing you'd ever, you've ever done, period. I'm like, did it turn out that well? And he's like, yeah. Um, uh, so, and Zach Budman was the producer on it. And he, he's one of those guys where I'm like, he's gotta be on everything from now on uh, because he gets it. Like some, some people try to do comedy. I'm like, let's just be as serious as we can. What if I told you uh, everything I told you was uh, something Richard Sherman told me or something, but it was all done <laughs> straight. Nothing was done to try and be funny other than maybe truly believe, but I was saying it like, you know, I was doing everything, no jokes. It didn't have jokes. It had, uh, you know, it had takes and they were silly takes that made it funny because it was uh, it, the original producer. There was a different producer originally that wanted me to do things in the shower. And like, he's like, we'll do things like in real weird spots. I'm like, no, 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 it has to look real. Have it look real. And that was the only other one that I, I loved as much as that. It didn't get anywhere near the, um, the, the traction that that one did. We did Bill, um, Bill Belichick under the hoodie. And I pulled off a Bill Parcells and the Par Parcells, I just kept going, okay. And then we were, we were stuck. Belichick and I was stuck and it was uh, okay. And everything just, I, the catchphrase was okay. Okay. The and facial then, expression then, is perfect too. Yeah. If you listen to it, I haven't practiced it for a while because there isn't a huge use for Bill Parcells, but look up under the hoodie yourself. And you'll be like, holy crap, because the makeup, I actually look like a chunky Pete Carroll. But the the it, it was people kept going that. Oh, my God, that Parcells. That's unbelievable. Um, and that is was there, that was my favorite part. part is of there an impression of someone in sports or sports media that doesn't get necessarily the pub that you're particularly proud of? Your Bruce Arians is fantastic. Is there one impression that you love maybe than the mainstream in sports in sports yes. you're saying in sports uh i don't know i you know i, I i'm trying to think i don't your know Al michaels but, is great your jim nance yeah, and is I can, great I only, nance is okay nance i can really only say Tony. Uh, great. yeah that works it becomes adam west when i'm trying to do uh jim nance along with my pal Tony Romo, Tony to the bat cave. You know, it's so close. Like, you don't, you know, those, I always tell people certain voices. This is the example I always use. Kermit the Frog starts a lot of different voices. You start with Kermit the Frog and then you bring it down, it becomes John C. Riley, if you're right here. And then it becomes Mark. <laughs> Put add some air to it. It's Mark Ruffalo. I see this is an absolute win. And then you, if you, if you bring it back a little bit froggier, it becomes Joe Rogan. Wow. Oh my God. I didn't even know. I don't. Jamie, can you pull it up? Pull it up, Jamie. Then he had a frog to it, and it becomes Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so man, I think that's what that is. Uh, so they're they're all they're, all these voices are so close um, that it, you know, and that, like Walton for the longest time, I was doing this, and it's so close to John Madden. It's just more staccato with John Madden. Um, it, it, you know, Adam Schefter, which I can do. I do the Adam Schefter, and then it's almost. Um, Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport, it's, it's so funny that those two guys have the same job and almost the same voice. It's, yeah. it's voice, voice, voice. This should be Rappaport up here and here would be Adam Schefter. So <laughs> it's, they're really so close. Good. And the take, the, but again, it's with the take, the take is Adam Schefter is so careful about everything he says. And you, you know, this as being an NFL guy, an inside guy, 
when you know you have to be careful about how you phrase things everything because yep. pe people will take it so Schefter, the thing was according to my sources at this particular time it appears quite possibly that there may be a 50 to 60 percent chance of a definitive possibility you know so you, you just Gotta hedge everything and make sure, otherwise people are gonna take it all out and, and just you know try and crush you because that's that's what they do on the internet. You're just trying to do your job. You're just trying to do your job and uh, just do your job. That's just what's gonna be. <laughs> the President Bush impression was pretty remarkable too. That was a big one. You know, that was big. People cared about that one. But then when I would uh, do Barack Obama, uh, talk slow at, at the beginning and speed up at the end, then quite frankly, Donald Trump came along and there's a lot to do there. And now with Joe Biden, he's the only guy I've ever seen listen with his eyes. Come on, man, give it a deal. The guy with the thing. I love when Biden does this. I don't have to tell you. No, please tell me. You're the president. <laughs> I would have told you. Yeah, but you would have told me you know, a bunch of stuff that may or may not have been true. <laughs> See how carefully he was with that? Not to offend anyone because Caliendo is a coward. That's how much he is. Through, the, through my sources, I, I'll tell you what, you know who's not a coward? Max Crosby, man. It ain't got anybody. <laughs> Frank, you are the best, my friend. Listen, th this was an absolute treat. I, I I love your work. The impressions are just incredible. Love following you, and, and your career has been remarkable. Keep up the great work on everything that you're doing, the podcast and all the different shows, and we always appreciate the time as always. And listen, you called it about the pandemic. Last time I saw you, you said, Adam, I'll, I'll never see you again. You, you were all over that. I give you credit. <laughs> I always people are going to believe it. this. People are going to believe that that's I called that. They're going to be, how do you know? Because according <laughs> to my sources, I could see the future. I, I you know, I, I didn't get past me. I didn't get past me. I do a lot of stuff, but I got to be careful what I'm allowed to say. That's what, you know, that's what the timekeepers are saying. I was in Loki. You guys know that. I am Loki of Asgard, and now I'm doing this voice for no reason. All right. Uh, and by the way, the podcast at uh, caliendocast.com for people to to get that. I do my own plugs. And, uh, and frankonstage.com for all the tickets all over the country. I'm going to Modesto in a couple of weeks. I'm doing a show this weekend with David Spade and wow. uh, Sal Volcano. Uh, actually, next weekend, September 25th. 24th is Modesto, California. 25th um, is Denver with uh, Spade and Sal Volcano. And uh, frankonstage.com for that, at Frank Caliendo for all the social media stuff. Frank, you're the best. We appreciate it, my friend. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Adam, I truly believe. This is the greatest podcast slash interview anybody's ever done. Hey, everyone. It's Howard Bender from the Andy Up podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Adam Schein, fantasy football legend. A really rough start for our fantasy football season. So obviously you know that I'm obsessed with my daily league. My buddy Ken Sr. does an unbelievable job running it it's now 25 cats friends of ours from town in in the league had a couple of great additions to the league i'm all fired up and oh just a a wretched week for yours truly bob 
as we welcome in our senior executive producer, the great Bob Stew. How about this? Here's all you need to know. After going back and forth on Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield, as I told you on, on the podcast last week, I decided to start Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was oh, easy. No. It was obvious. I, I started Aaron Rodgers. I told you on the podcast, I had the sleeper of all sleepers. I started, I said we should start Corey Davis, and then I didn't start Corey Davis. So <laughs> I'm giving America and Canada, and thanks for subscribing in, in Canada, uh, I'm giving you guys all this great advice, and I, I, I changed my tune on a couple of things. Listen, I was very disappointed in, in the results. I, mean, I don't regret the decision, though. Rodgers, Devontae Adams, of course, of course. I mean, you know, I started James Robinson. I, I felt great about that. That didn't work out. Started the Bills defense for a half. I was a genius. For the second half, I was an absolute moron. Loved the Cooper Cup start, and that turned out to be pure gold. But now I got a long road ahead of me here for, for daily fantasy. So, look, it's interesting when you look at this week for week number two. Right. I think Justin Herberts and Keenan Allen, they are a top choice for me when you look at a quarterback wide receiver stack, Bob, for this upcoming week. You really shouldn't feel too bad about what happened. I thought the Packers were the best bet of the week last yeah, week. Yeah. Literally, the lock of the week, and they didn't even show up. So don't feel bad about that. You're going to bounce back this week. I like that one. Herbert and Keenan Allen, that's going to be an excellent one. But my stack this week is going to be Russell Wilson at 7,500 and Tyler Lockett at 7,200 against the Titans. One. Look what Arizona did to the Titans last week, Adam. I don't see how the Titans secondary gets any better in one week. You're going to be looking at a shootout here. I think Tyler Lockett's incredible. That, to me, is the, is the stack. For running back, Adam, I'm going to go cheap this week. Some of these prices, they seem like they haven't moved too much after week one. With Mostert out for the season, I love Elijah Mitchell at $5,000, Adam. He trashed the Lions over 100 yards on the ground. He scored a touchdown. I think he's going to run all over the Eagles. Don't get fooled by what happened to Atlanta versus Philly. The Niners have a much better offensive line. I like Tyson Williams of the Ravens also at 5,500. He was the best running back on the field against the Raiders. He's going to get a lot more touches against a Chiefs team that just can't stop the run. What are you feeling for running back this you week, You know, it's Adam? funny you say that because, you know, I regretted not starting Christian McCaffrey, which, you know, sounds like it's Captain Obvious, but if I went cheap in other areas, you know, and I started James Robinson, and that didn't work out. And I'm with you. I'm very concerned about some of these guys at the top. And, you know, I, I think when you look at the running back position for this week, and we did like Williams a lot, you know, I'm nervous about the ebb and flow in that game because I do think Baltimore is is going to jump out to a, a big lead. Mitchell is a guy that I'm eyeballing a lot. I, he's in Kyle's system, and, you know, you could certainly run on, on Philadelphia. You know, there's always a danger in starting someone from the Cardinals, but I think Edmonds at 4,900, I think there's a lot of good value there when you look at it, Bob, at the running back position. Well, it's funny, Adam. If people were worried about Christian McCaffrey, worry no more. He was unbelievable against the Jets. You know, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan. I'm a sucker. I watched the entire game from start to finish. Obviously, the multiple TV setup, Adam. Red zone on one, the Jets on the other. 
Sam Darnold would just dump it off to Christian McCaffrey for two and three yard chunks, and McCaffrey would run for literally ten to fifteen yards a catch. You know, I don't, I don't have any problem with anybody who wants to start Christian McCaffrey, even against the Saints. The Saints have a lot of injuries. I, I like those picks, though, Adam. I think you're on to something. I feel pretty confident where you're going. You know, I think wide receiver this week could be really interesting. Also, I've been wrestling with either Brendan Cooks or Cooper Cup. I mean, they are basically the same price. Yeah. I think Houston is going to get killed by the Browns. That means a lot of garbage time for Cooks and Tyrod Taylor. And look, Cup, he was Stafford's favorite target week one. I didn't see that coming at all, Adam. I thought Robert Woods was going to be Stafford's favorite target. I was a little bit surprised. The Rams didn't really run the ball much either. You saw Van Jefferson getting into the mix. Sean McVay loves Van Jefferson. The Rams have so many different guys. But Cup is clearly the number one guy. They get an Indianapolis team that was not good at all against Seattle in the secondary. Not at all. I like either one of those guys. I also have T. Higgins at 5,400 against Chicago. Love him. He's cheap, Adam. I don't know why he's so cheap. And the Bears looked terrible in the secondary versus the Rams last week. How do you feel about wide receiver? You feeling some of these picks? You got something else in mind? How do you feel? Well, I'm definitely my big guy this week, assuming I go with Herbert and Allen, will be Keenan Allen. I, I yep. absolutely love that. You know, but there are a bunch of guys in that range for 5,000 that I think are, are pretty good starts. I mean, I, I really like T. Higgins this week. You know, I I also think if you want a sleeper that's a little bit lower, you know, with Jerry Judy getting hurt, I think that Patrick going up against Jacksonville at 4,600, I think, is is a really good one here. And, you know, you you look at at Cooper Cup, that was one that I got right, one that I hit. And, you know, I I think he's going to be a really good start week in, week out. And I think there's a good matchup going up against Indianapolis. So... You know, we're we're basically on the same page here. You know, if I had the guts, <laughs> I don't know if I do because I hate the quarterback. <laughs> you know, Allen Robinson's a great start. Oh, I At, wouldn't even touch him. I know. I Can't know. Touch him. Six thousand two hundred going oh, up against much. Cincinnati, though. I mean, listen, the I Andy think Cin- Dalton revenge game, Adam. <laughs> I think Cincy could win that game. So it's going to be real interesting to see what transpires. <laughs> Tight end, Bob. Gronk's not a bad play this week. Ron eh. Gronkowski, 4,700 going up oh, against the artist oh. formerly known as the Atlanta Falcons. Gronk is not a bad play. I will tell you, though, and I got to figure out what to do with it. You know, Kelsey and Waller at this stage are kind of like cheating. You know, you <laughs> can you can overthink yeah. everything, but I... I'm trying to figure out why, like, I know you got to pay at other positions, but why wouldn't you simply play Kelsey and Waller? I mean, how did Darren Waller get 19 targets in a game, Adam? He got 19 targets in a game. That was unbelievable. They're expensive, though, and I think you can do just fine. The problem with Kelsey sometimes, Tyreek Hill goes insane. Here's 200 yards, two touchdowns. That's your Tyreek Hill game. Kelsey will always give you that stability. You just got to find somebody who can also give you some stability. I like Noah Fant this week against Jacksonville at 4,200. Great play. And you've hit something with the Broncos. Tim Patrick's a great play. I actually like KJ Hamler, who's even cheaper. If you really wanted somebody cheap, 3,800. 
KJ Hamler. He dropped the touchdown that hit him in the chest last week. Would have been like a 50, 60-yard touchdown. He's clearly one of Teddy Bridgewater's targets. He likes KJ Hamler. No more Judy, you mentioned it. The Broncos would be a great play this week. If you wanted to start Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback as a long shot, he's only 5,400. You could even stack him with some Broncos. I'm not a I'm not opposed to that either. But for what you got to do, Adam, in your flex, you gotta go Corey Davis this week. 5,300. Do not be afraid. Do I'm not afraid. change it. I'm Don't afraid. You can't be afraid. I'm telling you. And I created the Corey Davis bandwagon, and then I foolishly didn't <laughs> play him. Bob, it's Belichick. Oh, A r- rookie yeah. quarterbacks, they have thrown against the Belichick Patriot defense 14 more interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah, Think but that's that. not going to matter if he's they just throwing to Corey Davis the whole game, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but hey, half his passes will be completed to Corey Davis. That's my point. The Jets have nobody else, Adam. He was forcing, Zach Wilson was forcing the football to Corey Davis all game. That's just going to be what it is every single week. Go with Corey Davis in your flex. He's cheap. You're not going to regret it. By the way, we lost in the kids' league, and we would have won if I would have gone to the bench, and I knew I should have, and started Debo Samuel as opposed to Javante Williams. So the big word choice of in the Shine House, and it all stems from on Shine on Sports when the kids were home during the pandemic, and you know we have that a tweeter, great tweeter, Gringus McDingus. So now the big word in, in the house is is dingus. So Theo keeps calling me a dingus because I decided, and, and he, it's awesome. The kids are so into it. Jolie has her own league with five, with four other friends. She did a draft with, you know, she's 13, uh, more, you know, eighth grade girls. It, it's amazing. She, it's a it's a six-team league. One of the teams is, is Otis the dog. This is a true story. So she's all fired up. But we have our kids' fantasy league, which is great. And, you know, of course, Dad made the mistake and, and didn't start D. Samuel so Maya and, and Theo have been have been killing me so he said he's going to be calling me dad dingus uh, until we oh. finally until we finally win and we, we have Patrick Mahomes and we didn't win so you know there's a lot of fantasy pressure on me without question until we can finally take care of business and by the way picks we both got killed last week you know Ugh. you you went seven eight and one I went six nine and one the only pick I regret I love Cincinnati all off season, still love them now, and I picked Minnesota, and I regret that. Otherwise, I have zero regrets. Bob, I referenced Mahomes as our fantasy quarterback as we tape at two o'clock on on Wednesday afternoon. Can't believe the spread is three and a half. I mean, and I know Baltimore has a great home field, but that team is decimated with injuries. They're on a short week. I love Kansas City to win and cover in Baltimore. I'd be really careful about betting the Chiefs, Adam. I still think this number is going to go up a little bit in favor of KC, probably around four, four and a half. The Chiefs are one of the least profitable teams against the spread last year because they always win, but the line is always inflated. Look, the Chiefs are going to win this game. I'm not disagreeing with you there. But how did the Chiefs do stopping the run against the Browns? I mean, it was not good at all. Nick Chubb was ripping off chunk plays left and right. I thought the Browns just made a huge mistake not running the football more in the second half. Just too many turnovers. Nick Chubb uh, was pretty poor. I think the Ravens have a big mismatch in the run game, Adam. I think the Ravens are going to be in this game. I like the Ravens. If you can get the Ravens at three and a half, I'm 100% taking the Ravens. How about Chargers-Cowboys? That's the Nance Romo-Wolfson game on CBS. Two quarterbacks that I love in Herbert and Prescott. Two teams that I think will make the playoffs. 
Boy, is Dallas going to start the season 0-2? Chargers, give them credit. They won a tight game late. That never happens. Right now as we speak, Chargers by three and a half. Bob, I'm going to roll with Dallas. Dallas has been a little snake-bitten. I mean, you remember last year, Adam, they started off, they were losing every single game, the fluky game against the Falcons. How about this one against Tampa? They could have easily won this game. They just don't close, it seems. But they're going to get Zach Martin back. Dak looked unbelievable. They get the long week. I don't trust the Cowboys' defense, but Demarcus Lawrence looked rejuvenated in week one. They gave Brady a lot of issues. I think the Chargers got a little bit lucky last week with Fitzpatrick going down. I still don't really know how good the Chargers are as a complete team. Herbert's awesome. He's going to be awesome against Dallas, but I'm taking the Cowboys. They're going to go on the road. They pull off this upset. We will wrap up this sizzling edition of the Adam Shine Podcast right after this. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Frank Caliendo. How much fun was that? Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM, our listeners on Pandora. Thank you to our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. We record the Adam Shine Podcast all year round, so please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, SiriusXM, Mandong Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. The Adam Shine Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer of the Adam Shine Podcast, the great Bob Stew. The associate producers, Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Sound design by my guy, Robert Moore. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. And special thanks to SiriusXM Senior, Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the iconic Steve Cohen. Sirius XM Podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.